0: Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today. So excited about our conversation with a great friend of mine. He's a pastor in Tennessee, Nathan. Uh, He is doing an incredible work and we're talking about the changes that are necessary to create growth in your ministry. It is an incredible conversation. Let's jump into it. Let's jump into it, man. How can I serve the amazing Nathan of Tennessee today?
1: Well, uh, so we are in, as I mentioned, really a growth phase where I think we're switching from a small to a mid-sized church is kind of where I put it. So about switching from 250, 300 to 500 600 would be my hope over these next year or two or few years and my question is uh, changes that need to happen in elite pastors uh, mentality strategy mm-hmm. and schedule
0: yeah yeah um uh, that's a great question and uh and yeah man I'm praying that God takes it to 500 to be on man let's do it I, I think thank you yes that's awesome man let's reach some people make a difference mm-hmm. um several things come to my mind you know um When I think about the lead pastor, um, whether that lead pastor is making a jump from a few hundred to 600 or from 1,000 to 3,000, there's a few things. One, um, I think the pastor has to become much more mission critical. Hmm. I talk a lot about mission critical throughout some of these podcasts, and I teach it a lot, but I think that's such an important part, uh, becoming more mission critical. Um, And mission critical really comes down to what are the three or four buckets or lanes, whichever you want to call it. What are the three or four buckets or lanes that that you need to dive into, that you need to be focused on? Um, And so what happens, I kind of teach this concept it's kind of a target concept, uh, where like, like if you look at it, like a, you know, like a target for with playing darts, kind of like a target thing on the outside is what you call external pressure. Uh, that is, so in the very center is mission critical, but then on the outside is external pressure and everything is wanting to pull you away from mission critical. The person that says we should be more verse by verse or why can't we have a Bible study or we need to have this, or we need to have that. Everybody, everything and everybody, not every, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of people and, and a lot of things want to pull you away from. Mi- so here's mission critical, like a target, you know, mm-hmm. that whole thing. You're mission critical and everything wants to pull you away mm-hmm. from that. Um, then the next layer in isn't external pressure. The next layer in is called meaningful. Those are the things that Nathan, you like to do and you want to do and you enjoy doing, but they're still not mission critical. Right. I think a great leader has to make the jump to mission critical, not from what they like to do, but what the organization needs them to do. Mm. It's totally different. So you might find a guy that's, A lead pastor got a church of 500, and he's a really great guitar player, or he's really good at graphics, and he loves that kind of social media, graphic, website, digital world. Okay, the church is growing. Do you really need to still have your hand in that? Yeah, but I like it, you know, and I'm really good at it. Yeah, but is that where we need you? So yeah. it's meaningful, you enjoy it, it's it's something you thoroughly, I know a pastor right now runs a church close to a thousand, he still has his hand in all the creative design, and I keep telling him, that's great, I know you enjoy it, but the difference between you and the guy right below you on creative design, we don't know the difference, only you know the difference, because you're really good at it, but it's meaningful to you, but it doesn't really, doesn't help. Then the right. third circle in is called highly important, those are the things mm. that are really, really important but they're still not mission critical. They still need to get done, but they're not mission critical. And then there's the very center part of the target and that's mission critical. So here's how you answer that question. And and this is a question that I think, Nathan, you always have to be asking yourself. People will say, well, what's mission critical? I said, okay, here's what mission critical is. All you got to do is fill in the blank for this sentence and you'll find what's mission critical. If Nathan doesn't do blank, our future is threatened. What's the blank. Mm. That's it. Well, so now let's go to that guy with the graphic. If Bob doesn't do the graphics, our future's threatened. No, it's not. Uh, If Nathan doesn't attend every meeting, our future's threatened. No, it's not. Right. Uh, if Nathan doesn't do blank, our future's threatened. No, it's not. If Nathan isn't casting vision in, and and getting leaders on board for vision, if, if Nathan is not the chief visionary, our future's threatened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. If Nathan is not the chief fundraiser fostering high-level relationships, our future's threatened. Yeah, definitely. Do you yeah. see how all of a sudden it's like, whoa, it, it, it it's... Now, okay, if, Na- uh, if Nathan... You know, board meetings and budgets, all oh, that's extremely important. All those things are highly important. Right. I don't know if they're mission critical for you, right. but they're highly important and still need to be done.
1: Mm.
0: Do you see the difference? It's the so things good. only you can do. If Nathan doesn't do blank, our future's threatened. You can take that, Nathan, go over and sit down with your children's pastor. Right. If Jessica doesn't do blank, our future's threatened. Well, what's the blank, Jessica? Well, I got to go to Costco and pick up the food for all the kids on Sunday morning, and I got to sweep the ground and carpet and or uh, clean the carpet and get ready for Sunday. Run the curriculum, really? That that's what it is. How about if Jessica doesn't develop leaders and teams, our future's threatened. Now that's totally. mission critical because we're not going to go to two, three, four services and multi-site if you're over here. You know, if, if you don't develop leaders and, and volunteers, so you so can good. do that with every staff member. Yep. That's the major change because mission critical affects focus and it and, and to some degree affects systems and structure because moving past the leadership question, because you asked what changes in the leader, what changes in the church, whatever. Yeah. One is mission critical because it affects so much. The second is as you move up, as you kind of move up in attendance and you move up in growth and the size of the organization, um, what is going to uh what ultimately changes is in my opinion always is structure and nature mm. so that's kind of the second part of what how I'd answer it structure changes structure is form uh, nature is feel mm. structure like okay I need you don't I don't need to be in these meetings you need to be in those meetings you're going to run these I'm going to run these you're going to you know you're going we're going to have we're not having staff meetings no more where it's just you know, it's a catch-all. It's going to be more. We have an executive team, then we have a director's meeting, and then that director meeting does this. Like all of a sudden, the structure starts to change, but structure affects the 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 form, and then now it, that affects the nature, which is the feel. It starts to feel different. So, mission critical structure and nature; those mm-hmm. are the things that you're looking at. When you talk about nature and affecting the feel, can you talk about that
1: more? What do you mean there?
0: Yeah, yeah. So what what it is, is 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 it's more of an awareness than anything. So when I look at mission critical, I think that's practical. Like, okay, you got to stop doing this and start doing that. It's pretty simple. And 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 one thing I always say is just on the mission critical, and I didn't I didn't say it earlier, but I think it's worth noting to you and to your team that uh, you don't uh, um, when it comes to time. Uh, You don't, you don't get to add hours. You can only trade them. Hmm. So important that you remember that you're only trading out. Your team needs to be trading hours in mission critical. But Mm -hmm. anyway, back to the, to the nature. I I just wanted to hit that. So when you think about mission critical, that's really practical. Like, okay, get into your lanes, you know, figure out what's highly important, start delegating everything else, all that. Okay. Then you get into structure. Okay. This person's going to have this person. We're going to change it now to the question of nature. And the reason I say all that is because I think mission and structure is more practical. It's easy right. to see. But but nature is more feel. And your team has to get ready for a change of feel mm. where you start shifting and, and, and in feel, it's like this. If we all if if you go out golfing, everybody gets a swing, everybody gets their own ball, everybody keeps their own score. Mm. When you start growing as a church you move to basketball. where It's like, well, sometimes you're on the court and sometimes you're not. Sometimes you get to shoot and sometimes you don't. It feels different. You're not like doing everything. And then when you even get bigger as a church, you move to football. It's like, well, the offense and the defense don't even talk to each other. We have special teams. Uh, They're very unique. They're very specific. And there's a different feel that happens. And your team has to get ready for that feel. It's because it's going to feel different. Your team has to know that Um, because people have a way of viewing the staff as the size in which they first came. Right. And so that feels different and they need to be prepared. So one of the ways you prepare them is start getting the language in the, uh, you want to get language uh, in your staff. And when I say language, language is, because I always say language shapes behavior, behavior shapes culture. So the language is we are fast fluid and flexible because if they mm-hmm. don't learn to be fast fluid and flexible and you jumped from 3 to 700 they're going to not like it like well, what do you mean I don't right. get to be in the meeting with Nathan what do you mean I don't get to they're, it's going to change right and they got to be prepared for that and you got to be prepared right. for that how to be able to make that happen you got to get kind of coached through that because there's a lot that goes with there's a lot that goes with making those big jumps if you just yeah. kind of go to 3 and 2 years later you're 4 You morph quickly, but if you want to make big leaps, uh, and you get the help, you need to get those big leaps. What's going to happen is you're going to realize mission changes, structure changes and nature changes. Mm. Nature's so good. Does that help? It helps a lot. Yeah. It actually, it answers a lot of my, I had a second
1: question too, that was really just asking the same question, but for staff and, and how they need to be prepared to change. And what about, um, how to have how to think through staffing roles well uh, mm-hmm. in a growing church and maybe even you know the the balance of communicating expectations right versus making changes and having those tough conversations how to think about it i mm-hmm. I think I tend to settle into comfort with the staff
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then we're just rolling you know and I'm curious what you would say to that if we want to maintain the posture
0: of fast fluid and flexible, yeah. Uh, with the staff, um, I think the hard truth reality, Nathan, is that, uh, what got you here won't get you there and who got you here won't get you there. Right. And that's a hard thing to say. Um, one thing I, I think to be unclear is to be unkind. And I think you have to be extremely clear with the staff. Like, Hey, man, I want all of us to go on the journey. I want all of us to make it to the next level. But I need you to grow. And I can just tell you, if it was me, if I was sitting there with your staff, I would say, you better be reading, and you need a coach. I'm not a mentor. I said a coach. Totally different. Mm-hmm. People always talk about, I got my old professor friend of mine. I'm like, he doesn't know how to grow church. Mm-hmm. He's a great friend of yours. He keeps you accountable. It's great spiritual talks, but... He doesn't know how to grow a church. I have three coaches in my life. I've had two of them for over ten years, hmm. and they're, they they serve completely different functions in my life. Right? Because I constantly believe in you. Got to have people that are above you that are pulling you up. Right. Um. And your staff has to hear that. Like guys, uh, you got to have coaching. You got to have help. You got to have development. Because here's the bottom line: I don't want the organization to outgrow you. I want the organization to grow, but I don't want it to outgrow you. And if it outgrows right. you. It's gonna be a it, it's it's gonna be a tough call. Now I'm not saying that you're gonna say this exactly, but it really what you're saying is grow or go, right? <laughs> and, and that's a really tough situation. I, I realize that. Yeah, you had mentioned sometimes, uh, you know, I get a little comfortable with the staff or something. Somehow sure. you just worded that. Yeah, yeah. The, the phrase that I would tell you where I think you could make that possible mistake is if you start choosing friendship over leadership, right. And a lot of people have a hard time with that because that sounds so anti-relationship. When we are, when we are supposed to be godly people with you know friendships and relationships come first and all that. But you can't, for the sake of the organization, you yeah. can't choose the friendship of leadership. It's like, dude, I want you to come. You're my friend, but please understand, you gotta, you gotta keep up. I yeah. think honestly, uh, and some people may push back on this. I think having that kind of conversation with some people one on one and maybe as a group and figure out the right wording for it, some people would say, Wow, that sounds so harsh. I'm thinking not to say it is harsh. Right. Right. Wouldn't that be worse? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, two years from now, you bring someone in, Yeah, you didn't keep up, you're out. And never had a conversation with them about keeping up. Never told them what it looked like to keep up. Never told them they needed a coach. Never told them they needed help. Just walked in and said, pop, you're done. Like yeah. that to me is much more cruel than saying, look, here's the pathway to keep up. Right. Now, if they don't, that's their choice. But here's the pathway. Mm-hmm. I think it's much more kind to tell them this that's is the great. pathway. Yeah, and Can you uh, talk yeah. more about and I know it's probably very specific on
1: different cases, but how do you articulate here's the pathway to keep keep up? Basically, good good leadership standards. Are you? How do you think through goals? How do you think through accountability? All that.
0: Yeah, one thing that you might want to consider with your staff uh, is to set them what's on what what is called in the business world a career path, and a career path kind of lays out not so much. I mean, not so much goals as much milestones over the next two or three years. So, hey guys, let's you know you're sitting down. Let's go back to Jessica, the the children's pastor, whatever. Let's look at the next three years. Mm-hmm. What is what does it look like for you to grow with this organization over the next three years? Okay, okay. Maybe there's schooling that gets involved in that. Maybe there's coaching that gets involved. In that maybe it's a certain amount of books that gets involved with in that. Maybe it's mastering the development of teams and leaders. Maybe it's learning to 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 apprentice four leaders to do what you do better than you do it, which is a yeah. whole different conversation. It's the leadership ladder and all that. But you're looking for major, measurable objectives and milestones yeah. Yeah. Uh, where it's, okay, look, over the next three years, I, I, within six months, I want you to find a coach, and I want you to start getting coached. Okay, by year one, that school thing you said you're going to finish up, finish it up okay by this i want you to have i want you to have mastered developing leaders and teams and by the 18th month you've got 3 people that if you were to get pneumonia or 2 people we're getting ammonia, you, they, they could step in and they are just as good as you. Matter of fact, we could send them to another church and they could, they could dominate as a children's pastor. You've yep. raised them to that level. Again, you'll have to show that person how to do that. But the point is, it's like, that's clear. Either you did or you didn't. It's not like, right. just grow. Just grow is not specific. Yeah. You know. But when you yeah. start getting into specifics, that's what it looks like for you to, I guess the phrase, keep up. I want yeah. you to grow with the organization. Now, here's the beauty of it. If you put them all on what's called career paths and they it's 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 like they're it's odd because they both feed each other. You want the organization to grow, you want them to keep up, but as they're keeping up, they're actually making the organization grow. Right. It's, it's actually an incredible thing because right. I want you to keep up with the organization. I want you to do this. But the reality is when they do that and they're trying to keep up, they're actually making the organization grow. It's right. really awesome. and You put them on very specific career paths. So it's very identifiable. Yeah. So Because they want to be able to come back in two years and go like, Nathan, I did everything. I, d- right. I, I did the schooling. I did this. I raised up leaders. Like, what's the problem? You know, like, I don't know, say that you had a tough conversation with them and they could fire back and go, no, look, and that's good for them to be able to do that. And right. you do the same thing. Like, Hey, th- we made this clear. Here was five objectives over the next two and a half years and three years, yep. whatever. And that didn't happen. Right. So I think it's right. to be really clear with them about it, the objectives and the milestones, not so much goals as much milestones. That's great. So helpful. Any
1: any thoughts, and feel free to stop me anytime here. I can yeah, talk no, that's right. right. We're good. Talk to you for 20 hours. But <laughs> um, any uh, any thoughts on doing the career path and milestones, but with part-time staff versus full-time staff? Because right now I've got mostly part-time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I think that obvious, uh, 100% I would do it with them. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, i do it with them. No, I think it's, you know, obviously it's it the, the milestones become... A little bit less, and uh, maybe not as frequent, but man, look over the next two years and just say, Here, "Here's what I here's what I love to see happen." It's not about get the attendance in the youth group to this do that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about your personal development, right? So developing leaders, developing volunteers, uh, your schooling, your coaching, your books you read, your whatever. I would do that with them. That just I would shrink yeah. it back, but get. The one thing is, people support whatever they create, so the one thing is as you're you're having that conversation with them, you're going to want to make sure that as you're having that conversation with them that you um, allow them to formulate some of the milestones. Right. Even though you're guiding it, and at the end of the day, it needs to come out looking the way you want it to look, you want them to feel like their fingerprints are all over it. It's not just something you came in, slapped down a document, slid it across the desk and said, do this. It was totally. like, okay, let's talk about what the next two years could look like. Here's where the organization's going. Let's talk about what it would take for you to move maybe from part-time someday to full time, maybe, but for for you to be able to be a part of this organization, to to not get to a point where now this organization's playing triple A ball, but but you're still kind of in that single A ball. You know, you don't right. want that. So help, let's talk about what that would look like you know, Jessica and start writing it down. Okay. What about that? What do you think about this? And basically you're going in there knowing what you want, but you want them to feel like their fingerprints totally. are all over it.
1: Yeah. It's kind of almost like offering a coaching service to them. Yeah.
0: hundred yeah. percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, time for one more or no? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. One more. Let's do one more. We'll wind it up. Great. Great. So I am 41, just turned 41. I've got four kids growing church. I mean, you know, like you said, the external pressures, and demands. What would you be thinking, looking at someone at my stage where we're at? I feel like it's a beautiful, perfect setup. Um, key goals to staying healthy, surviving, lasting, making it for the long haul. I'm kind of thinking you know, this 20 year chunk. I'd love to really flourish at the highest level. Um, yep. What would you speak into that?
0: Yep, a couple of things. One, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to tell you anything in the whole marriage family thing that no one else has ever said. Um, you know, obviously, you know, it's the way you spend your time. It's putting them first. It's cheating the church. Uh, I think the church needs to be cheated, not your family. Right. Um, I, those are things I think are, you know, we've all heard, said, read, whatever. Uh, and so I don't know if I would really add a lot to that, but, um, I would make sure that you do that, uh, and that you keep, that you keep that at the forefront, um, uh, cheat the church, don't cheat the family, and so yeah. that would be one thing I would say about that. Um, the thing I would tell you as the church grows and you're developing all this acreage, and I don't know if um, if things start to really take off, to make sure that uh, you stay laser focused, back somewhat in mission critical, but really laser focused, and not chase not chase everything that you think. Um, and I'm not saying you would do this. I'm speaking this from experience. And I'm speaking it mm-hmm. from my own faults, speaking it from faults of others I've taught to, not chasing everything that's going to make you look, feel big. Right. Like, okay, my friend wrote a book, so I got to write a book. Well, make right. sure, that, does God want you to write a book? That's fine. My friend went multi site, right. I got to go multi site. And that's fine as long right. as God wants you to go there. So uh, and what we do is we end up, I think, chasing a lot of things that, I've seen it so many times and I've made this mistake so many times. I think it's more for us that we're chasing those things rather than yeah. man, stay in the lane that you're good at. it's kind of that yeah, I think consistency wins. Mm. One thing I always say is that everything you want in life is waiting for you on the other side of consistency. Mm. Anything in life. Think about it. So Money, relationships, finances, retirement, build your church, yeah. uh fitness everything everything you want in life is waiting for you on the other side of consistency yeah so you you know it's that whole take an axe go out take one swing at a big tree and then the next day take one more swing then the next day take one more swing it might take several years but eventually the tree goes down yeah even if it's only one swing a day as long yeah. as you don't keep switching trees right <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, yeah yeah just don't keep switching the trees and you'll be fine so Cheat the church or not the family. I would say that in the personal. I think you, yeah. you're you wise enough guy to know that. And secondly, stay focused on what God's called you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, get the help that you need, um, but, but stay in your lane. I'm all about yeah. getting the help you need, but stay in your lane. Man, that's so, so good. I really appreciate that. So yeah. helpful, Chris. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I hope it was helpful today, man. It awesome. was, man. What a joy yeah.
1: to see you and hear your voice, man. Yeah. I appreciate it.
0: Good to see you, man. If I can ever do anything for you, let me know. But thanks for jumping on today. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, man. All right, thanks, buddy.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the Fly on the Wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember, when the pastor grows, the church grows, and we grow pastors. We love you, we're your raving fans, and we are cheering you on. See you next week.